it's Chris Wendelkin, and this is On The Line, my NBA playoff podcast where I talk to friends of mine living around the country about all things hoops. We do some deep dives, drafts, news and notes from around the league. Thanks for tuning in. If you're new to the show, you can tweet at me at onthelinepod underscore pod. Find me on Instagram. Send any of your emails, thoughts, opinions, whatever it is, to onthelinepod at gmail.com. Check out previous episodes on our website, onthelinepodcast.com. Uh, you can hop into a dive, check out a draft. It's all up there. Last, if you could rate, review, subscribe to the show on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get podcasts, I greatly appreciate it. All right, guys, welcome back. What a wild, crazy couple of Game 7s we had here in the NBA playoffs. Um, ben Craw is on the podcast today. We are going to be talking all things Blazers and Nuggets. We're going to be talking about the Sixers and Raptors and Kawhi's incredible buzzer-beating series-ending shot. We're also going to touch on the Warriors and the Rockets. We're going to touch on the Celtics and the Bucks. We're going to cover it all. Here is my conversation with the one, the only, Ben Craw. Here we go. Uh, ben Craw, my co-host for the 2019 NBA playoffs. Ben Craw is on the line. Yep. Ben, we just had two pretty incredible game sevens in the NBA finals. We uh, just wow. watched some basketball. How how the hell are you? Uh, I am. Uh, I I mean, wow. I don't know really where to start. We where so we somewhat deliberately uh, somewhat through forced circumstance decided to record this, not immediately following Mm -hmm. the game, but about two hours later. Um, uh, one of the side effects of that I was hoping would be for us to be able to kind of digest, uh, process our emotions, reflect on, on what we, uh, consumed (laughs) earlier and, uh, you know, maybe form some more cogent thoughts about, what just happened? Frankly, I have nothing. I, I yeah. Uh, my my uh, brain pretty much ceased functioning. Yep. The second that shot dropped in after the fourth uh, bounce on the rim, and um, yeah, I don't really have have much analysis here. Um, other than holy fucking shit. Holy uh, shit. <laughs> I mean, can we maybe shoot? Can we step back like big pitch, picture? Yes. Like how? Um, how are these playoffs uh, stacking up historically? I maybe I just haven't. This is probably the most closely I've observed uh, the NBA playoffs since like 1999. Honestly, I don't think that's an accident though. Like, right? I don't think you're watching the NBA playoffs uh, any more closely because of like the podcast, for instance. I think. I mean, I'm yeah. sure that's definitely part of it, but I think probably actu- no. But I think actually, like, I know that I'm watching the playoffs more intensely than I did last year, and I had a podcast last year, and I, th- I feel true. like the reason for that is actually just like the nature of these games. They're so intense. Like it's, I, I forget if it was you or someone else I was saying it to. It's like, it's pretty crazy that the winner of these games is not advancing to the NBA finals. <laughs> yeah. We are weeks away from the fucking NBA finals yeah. here. We just said <laughs> we're not even after, close after golden state Houston the other night, we were like, it's insane that like the team that just went, that wins this game tonight is actually not going to be in the NBA finals yet. <laughs> Right. Yeah. How yeah. is this possible? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. Yeah. Wild it, stuff. I, 
Yeah, like I, you know, you we watched the sh- like. First of all, the first game of the day, I was like, "This is a, a gift." Like, this is one of the best right. game sevens I've ever watched. I couldn't wait to talk about it with you. And then fucking Toronto Philly comes along, and, and just, Kawhi Leonard does what he does, and yeah. it's like, "All right, I guess that we just." Uh, so that's what we're we're talking about now. <laughs> like, so I mean, remember when like Dame Lillard hit a game, series ending buzzer insane. beater? Insane. Um, yeah, yeah. I, remember I, like <laughs> a four overtime game. Remember a yeah. thirty-one point comeback? Yeah, um, I didn't think that shit could be topped. Where so where to begin here? Do we want to yeah. start? Do we want to start with? Uh, I mean, so I will say we have four different series to discuss. We have two different game sevens to discuss. Right, since right. Because the last talk since we've last yeah. talked. Warriors and Rockets have ended. Bucks Celtics has ended, and then mm. the big games that everyone's fucking Warriors Rockets. Yeah. I literally like forgot about that. Exactly. <laughs> I know. I know. And then, the, and then the big games that everyone you know we're digesting right now, obviously Blazers Nuggets and Sixers Raptors, both game sevens. Yeah. Um, so a Mother's Day double game seven. God. Oh man. Um, so and on top of everything else, mm-hmm. I mean. There was, there was, of course, there was also Thrones tonight. I mean, this is a big night in the Craw household. I mean, if we're if we're gonna be a legit NBA podcast, I think we have to spend at least the first twenty to thirty minutes talking about nothing but Game of Thrones. I feel like this is something that most of our audience doesn't know about us, but I am firmly in the camp. It's almost a point of pride that I don't watch Game of Thrones. It's it's like really truly. Like I'm, I've planted my flag at this point that I will never watch Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. and um, it's something like I feel really good about, and something I feel really strongly about. I'm standing by it. You, on yeah. the other hand, we're usually eye to eye on a lot of stuff. You and your wife, on uh, on the other hand, for you guys, it's like a, it's a bonding thing. You Thrones every we're, Sunday we're, night. We're Thronies, you know. Yeah, we're no, we're big time Thronies. Um. So so break, Ben, break it down for me. Break it down for the audience what what was happening tonight i know so this tonight is was I the know of the show i know there's uh, some person named khaleesi i know yeah. we have some dragons i know there's sure. some incest and mm-hmm. that's about it so so yeah. give me give me the basics what went down tonight well this tonight was the penultimate episode of the entire series um wow. and I don't want to give away too many spoilers. I know we're going to be releasing this like pretty pretty mm-hmm. quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, for all of our viewers or listeners rather that um, that maybe aren't quite up to speed, don't want to spoil anything. Okay. Um, I believe firmly in that. But I will say, three dragons fucked tonight. Wow! Um, and is that a record yeah. on the show? Uh, it, three it, of them. It is a record. There was previous wow. dragon f- dragon fucking on the on the um, on t- I think two or three episodes ago. Fantastic. But tonight it was a full on dragon gangbang. Great! Three dragons fucking each other at the same time. Oh um, right! And is that on like HBO? A, is that a quick? Is that just like a quick scene, or is that kind no, of no, like no, an no? No, no, no. This was cut. Th- this had been built up, um, you know, over the course of this entire last season. Uh-huh. And tonight they finally did it. Oh, um, so it was like, a and lot- they and they milked it. It was like a good 15, 20 minute long scene. Uh, oh my. My God. Yeah, it was gratuitous. I mean, listen, this show's on HBO. Right. You know, they can get away with a lot. They yeah, can pretty much pushing, do whatever they pushing, want. Pushing the boundaries. And I'll just tell you that they, yeah, they went so there. So let me um, ask Ben real quick about the dragons. So you had felt like these these three dragons, they kind of had the eye for each other all, all right, season long. Right. And then so obviously there's lots of characters, lots of different storylines. Mm-hmm. There's all these like different kind of relationships that 
were right. intertwining and intermingling. But the but the dragons were that was kind of like I mean you know no wow. pun intended but that that was the climax wow big payoff <laughs> uh, there, if huh? you will yeah 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 wow so really really psyched to see those dragons finally get it on um, well hardcore I'm happy for explicit. you and Kate happy for all yeah. the thronies in the audience I know it's this great was a Sunday big night one. in the Craw household yeah. um, you know I just can't wait till my boy is old enough that yeah. we can show him that's uh, gotta this. feel that's gotta feel satisfying bunch of fist bumps mm-hmm, around the mm-hmm. house God we got him we finally got those dragons fucking tonight. Got them fucking on camera. Fantastic. Yep, full on, full nude. Anything yeah. else I should know that happened tonight uh, in Game of Thrones without, again, without being a major spoiler alert situation? Yeah, I mean, that was the, that was the big the big okay. headline. I don't really, you know, we don't have to get into the rest Great. of the details, Great. but that was the big thing. So, okay, yeah. happy to know. I mean, if you ever do want to get into it. Let's hop over to the NBA. Um, All right. Seeing how this is an NBA <laughs> pod, uh, we did our we did our mandatory Game of Thrones on our NBA pod. Uh, now yep. we can move into the actual games. So All right, I glad we got that out of the way. Ben, we start with. Um, should we start with uh, like? Warriors and Rockets, and then move on to the Game Sevens, or maybe we just got to dive into these Game Sevens. And what? We'll, I don't know. Yeah, I think let's let's just go. Let's let's go. I was gonna say chronologically, but I would say reverse chronological. Let's start with the most recent, the freshest yeah, in our I memory. Agree. Okay. Um, the most kind of you know emotionally uh, raw. Charged. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So let's start then with Raptors and Sixers. Yeah. And yeah, just thoughts, impressions on what we saw here. <sighs> And just like the I mean, flow of the game, like overall impressions of the game itself, um, it was a it was a great it was a throwback. Fucking, I almost like texted you. It's funny, I came I came like this close to texting you so many different moments during the game, but I honestly held back because I didn't want to like jinx it or spoil it because the thing I was going to text you is like this is a fucking awesome throwback Slugfest. 90s basketball playoff game like yep, yep. not a lot of threes like low scoring it was like you know 40 something 40 something at halftime yep. Um, I think with and three or four minutes left in the fourth, I remember the score being eighty-five to eighty-five. It was and awesome. Was like like okay, that's the basketball we that we were raised on. Yeah. Um, like first I, one like, to ninety points wins. Fucking, you could not have given me like a more satisfying, uh, like beautiful form. I know, like you know, there's there's lots of like great basketball that's been that's been played, but like give me a fucking Eastern Conference like knockdown drag out slugfest, uh, and I'm a happy boy. So. I yeah, it was an incredibly thrilling game. Um, I thought that like it was, it was kind of like a perfect game up until the final, I think maybe five minutes or four minutes when suddenly the Sixers just like just decided they they like didn't deserve to win and it was like actually kind of it, it's weird like I don't I didn't really have so I live in Philadelphia obviously you know love the process you know you and I've talked about this plenty of times on the show. Um, love the Sixers team uh, going back years. So there's like obviously a part of me that's like, oh, I'm rooting for them to win. But there's also a part of me that's like, I don't really care that much. They're not really my team. Um, you know, I'm a recent transplant to this town. Like, I, it would be fun to see them, you know, go on and, and play another round. Uh, you know, I want to keep listening to the rights to Ricky Sanchez. Uh, I'm personally very concerned for the health of sure. uh, Mike Levin, as I'm sure you are. Yep. Um, uh, I'm sure that Spike is by his side taking care of him mm-hmm. through this difficult time, I would hope. Um, but, um, but you know, I didn't have, like, a really deep, deep-seated, like, emotional uh, rooting interest. I mostly just, like, wanted a good game, and I kind of wanted, like, whoever ended up deserving to win to win, if that makes sense. Um, so as I watched the game, I was like, this is, this is perfect. This is great. Like, honestly, whoever wins this game, 
will have will have deserved it. Like this is just a classic awesome basketball game. And then with like three minutes left, the Sixers just stopped fucking operating on offense. And um and it was really like sad. And I was like, fuck. Like they were in this, they they had this. This was gonna be like a, a like a totally like amazing, you know, back and forth battle. And then suddenly the Sixers just like fell apart. And then on the other end, on defense, they couldn't get a fucking rebound and were giving up like offensive rebounds. Anyway, I was like, oh, the Sixers don't deserve to win this game. Whatever. It's fine. It's too bad. They were right there. They had it. And then they let it slip away. And then suddenly, you know, they were down four with like, what, 30 seconds left, I think. And um, I forget what pulled it to two. Was it maybe a pair of free throws? I'm not remembering correctly now. But but anyway, then, you know, of course, Jimmy got that. Um that crazy fucking uh play where he coast you know rushed coast. down and coast to coast layup yeah. to uh to tie it. And then I was like, how did the Sixers right. get back in this game? Because right. it just didn't make sense. Like they sense. weren't like they had just it felt completely like the game, it felt like the imploded. game had ended with about forty five seconds. I, I felt like with like thirty, forty seconds left on the clock, I was like, Okay, yeah. the Raptors have won the series. Yeah. And then I And I was like, you know what, I, I'm not mad about that. No, I'm honestly no. like th- I wasn't mad about the outcome, but I was mad about like being robbed of like a final you know, two minutes or minute yeah. of like good basketball. I was just like, All right, yeah. well yeah, the yeah. Toronto just like, you know, they executed, the Sixers didn't, they deserve to win, they'll move on, whatever. I can forget about it and get over it pretty quickly. And then suddenly it was just like, Nope, totally different story. Uh, you know, a fucking crazy sequence of events for the Sixers to tie it. And then, of course, Kawhi. Anything um, about the Sixers that you found surprising, like watching this game? Anything that, like, uh, well, I just don't know what they, what, what, what their yeah. deal was in that final, you know, five, six, seven possessions right. where Embiid was just like couldn't get it i i think guess on like maybe the second to last possession they had he finally kind of got it um into the post maybe he was the one that actually pulled it to two with a couple free throws is that right where he like kind of like he finally got it deep and then like lowry fouled him is that right he was like kind of like falling over it like wasn't like a pretty play but he kind of got bailed out with a call oh i think um, you're right. that's right that's and right. then and then did hit two uh, you know clutch free throws but before that play there were like six possessions in a row it felt like maybe more where he was they were just wandering around and i guess you know toronto to their credit toronto had just incredible lockdown you know like end of the game like this is where we play our best defense that we possibly can yeah. and it was awesome yeah. but philly just couldn't get the ball like inside the three point line like it seemed like they were just passing it back and forth and reddick was guilty of this for sure where he just played hot potato with it yeah um, and they were like, you know, they were basically like kicking it into Embiid in the post, except that Embiid was in the post, like on the three point line. And it was like, that's not going to get it done. Yep. Um, and I just couldn't quite figure out. And, and, um, whoever it was, uh, Greg Anthony on the call, um, was saying the exact same thing. So maybe I'm just, uh, you know, fucking brainwashed by, by that. But, um, but Greg Anthony was like screaming, like, why can't they just get, get the ball in the post? I mean, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so their offense just looked like it was in complete disarray. I don't know if that's like, you know, a coaching thing. I don't know if it was just Toronto's defense was just that good. Yeah. Um, one thing, that, but yeah. one thing that I found surprising, um, and this is just like an overarching thought, observation, and I'm not saying this is good or bad, it was just interesting to me, was, uh, and I would say this is not just true of this game, but it really felt true of this series, was Jimmy Butler is a big 
part of their offense. Like Jimmy, yeah, well, Jimmy Butler, because they don't have a point guard, right? Like Jimmy because... Butler is basically <laughs> their second most up important offensive player. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah, he's the, he's their point guard because yeah, Ben Simmons, yeah, isn't a point guard, right? And I that became kind of like apparent and just interesting to me. I, I again, I, I'm not saying it's good or bad or anything. It, it just, I, I would say it's bad. It's maybe I would, bad. I would probably, yeah, yeah, I'd probably say it's bad. Yeah. I would say that like a big reason why they, uh, had absolutely no real like plays, uh, per- like performed and executed properly, uh, for the, like the last three minutes of the game was because they don't have a point guard and they don't have like, I mean, Jimmy Butler is a good playmaker, uh, and you know, he can get his own shot and he can, but he's not like, a classic like set it up like point yeah. guard point like I also, floor general i, I don't know i felt like the narrative you know and we talk i feel like we talk in this way a lot about like big picture narrative and stuff is like uh he was supposed to be like the third best player on the team or maybe the fourth right. best player on the team and it kind of turned into like he's he really turned into like 1a or 1b on the team yeah. you know what i mean like they really relied on him in uh, a way that I wasn't expecting. And it probably says, you know, it just like speaks to where the team is right now, which is frankly, their two young stars have a lot of like maturing and developing to do, you know? I mean, you know, obviously, you know, we can talk about them separately. Simmons, I mean, Simmons doesn't have a jump shot. And until he has a jump shot in this game, he took five, you know, he took five field goal attempts. And um, that's just not going to cut it. You know, it's it's just it's just that's just not going to work. Yeah, it's not great. I mean, there were a few plays where he, you know, he like got aggressive and like kind of did his thing and like got into the paint and whatever did like his little close range like hooks and stuff like that, which he's great at. But that's all he's got. And when it's like it's just yeah, that's all. I mean, and there's nothing where you can like put the ball in his hands and be like, okay, let's ISO you and like you set something up. I mean, it's Um, awesome to have a six foot ten point guard who can shoot little jump hooks, but that needs to be like a a special thing that he can do on top of just basic other stuff. And if he doesn't have that like foundational basic stuff, then it's just, it's really not as effective or special as it might otherwise be. Yeah. Yeah. It's not. Uh, Although I will say like, I feel like I just have to stay for the record. Like don't trade him. No, he's really, he's really good. No, Um, (laughs) like, no. Yeah. uh, Like he's fucking awesome. And like, I don't know if he'll ever have a jump shot, but like he doesn't necessarily need one. Like he's, I mean, like you have to build your team better. Like a, get an actual point guard B like get more. I mean, you know, they already have like a good amount of like three point shooters, but maybe like more, I don't know. Their whole roster construction is completely ass backwards as, as you know, anyone who follows the team knows. Um, I mean, but, but he's still really good. And I would not say like, Oh, this was like a failure. No, he was awesome. He was actually awesome on defense. I know that Kawhi, you know, like got his shots and stuff, but you know, Kawhi took almost forty shots tonight. Um, there were like a lot of plays where you know Ben was just guarding him one on one, and he did great against him and like forced him into tough shots. That, like you know, in the paint that he missed, the, the Kawhi missed. Like watching like Embiid and Simmons when the ball, when like Kawhi had the ball and like somehow got it deep or got into the paint. And then ran into Embiid and Simmons together. Like I feel like five different times it was just like, oh, he's under the hoop, but he can't score because like Embiid and Simmons together are like a, wall. a fucking dominant, dominant defensive combo. Um, yeah, yeah, just like really impenetrable. By the way, and... I thought you were pulling that number out of your ass. Kawhi Leonard took thirty nine shots 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he obviously had a great game, and he's scored no. the series-winning shot, and he'll be remembered as a hero. But like, that's insane. He he yeah. wasn't, and like, no one else on the team was shooting. Right. He scored the final fifteen points for the Raptors, if right. I'm not mistaken, yep. um, of the entire game, yep. along with the game winner. Um. So no one else on the team was even shooting the ball. Um. And so he was like doing a lot, but it wasn't like it was weird. Like, it didn't feel like a like this like takeover like oh he's just hitting everything like he obviously made some big shots the final one the most important but like he also missed a lot and yes you know he shot what 16 i think of 39 he definitely Um, struggled a lot in the first half for sure yeah yeah yeah. and i don't know i mean if you take you know 39 shots you're gonna make a lot and obviously he gets all you know deserves all the credit in the world for like the final one which is a fucking incredible yeah like historic shot that we'll never forget up there with you know i mean probably exceeding dame lillard shots yeah it's you know even more uh the stakes just, you know the, the stakes higher. exactly yeah, yeah. um but anyway, uh, my point is just that Simmons is good. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I agree. I know. He's got I, lots of things. I, 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 he's both gotta... Simmons and Embiid are very good. That my my point is just that they're young. Like they still need to develop. And mm-hmm. it was interesting mm-hmm. to me. I think my point about Jimmy Butler is, oh right, it's it's a it was a reminder. Like Jimmy Butler's. Um, role in the series the fact that he had such a big role and had so much responsibility in the series really speaks to the fact that they needed him to have a big role partially just because like their second best player if that guy is going to be ben simmons is not really ready to take the reins yet you know like he's not really ready to be the second guy on a team yet and so yeah and i don't think i'm not sure if he ever will be i think i think he needs to be i think they need a guy like jimmy um i mean especially in in like you know, deep into the playoffs right. type basketball, like you just needed that kind of guy. Like, I mean, Jimmy was the Kawhi for them. Yeah, you need a um, shot creator, right? Like, yeah, you need a dude who's just like, yeah. don't worry, I got this. Yeah. Who just like fucking steps up. Short, caught by Harris. Two point game. Here comes Butler driving layup is caught. He ties the game. And for a while, they were kind of like going back and forth, and it looked like it was going to be like a, a Jimmy and Kawhi duel. Um. Uh. And it, it it didn't like totally develop into that, but um, no. Jimmy was doing his best Kawhi impression. Yeah, yeah he was yeah. trying. Yeah. Uh, because they just yeah they just don't have that. It's kind of like what their offense. You know, it, when everything when it's the fucking fourth quarter of Game Seven and everything is falling apart, like that's all you have, and you yep. need it. You need you need that guy. So. All right, let's talk about like the defining moment from the game, which is Kawhi's buzzer beater. Oh my god! <laughs> it's off the Leonard, defended by Simmons. Is this the dagger? Like, is that, do we think that is the most dramatic ball bouncing around the rim situation that we've ever seen to like win a game or win a series? Like, can you, I, I, I'm not even sure that I can think of yeah. something quite like that where the ball uh, was bouncing. It felt like the ball yeah, was where bouncing it, around for it, like five seconds. Hanging on the rim for literally like 30 seconds. I mean, not literally, but it felt what felt like, yeah, like time fucking stopped. Everything froze. 
The entire arena froze. Kawhi froze. The guy on the bench, I forget, uh, who was the name of the guy on the bench that was like squatted down next to him? Um, I wish I, I knew. I saw, uh, he's one of the guy, the bench guys on the Raptors, but he was just like uh, an amazing, like he like posed and froze like right next to Kawhi, like as he like was crouched. Um, but yeah, everything was just like still in that moment. And it bounced four times uh, on the rim, which seems impossible. Really... Yeah, the first bounce was very high, and it was like, oh, that's when a ball bounces that high, it doesn't go in. It's just like, oh, it clanged off the rim. And then somehow it bounced, and every time it bounced, it got a little bit closer. And then after four fucking bounces, it, it somehow just, managed to like clanked. stay within the cylinder, like above the rim, and just yeah, in. yeah. The physics of that are are totally mind boggling. Yeah, um, Scotiabank Scotiabank Arena just goes absolutely mad, just like pandemonium. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it looked like it reminded me of like when the garden erupted after yep. the four point play. Right. Yeah. Um, it reminded me. Um, I don't know. Like, I don't watch golf, but I used to sometimes in college when like Tiger Woods was really good a long time ago, and there was that play in the I want to say the U.S. Open maybe where he like had this like chip from um uh from the uh like sand trap that like trickled down and like hung on the rim of the cup for it's like a some famous golf shot i don't know whatever but it was like that anyone who <laughs> knows golf should probably know what i'm talking about but it like hung on the on the it was like at the end of caddyshack where the ball like hangs on the rim of the cup for like you know 20 seconds and then actually dropped in and then just um, dives in yeah yeah and it was just like holy and it just like the anticipation and the build up and then like that you know, result and the release of like energy from like seeing that happen. Yeah, it was just it's insane. Like I'm telling you, I mean, probably the, the best shot outside of the NBA Finals. Um, and we're talking of like you know Michael Jordan's final shot in '98, and I guess he had a game winner previously in the series. And but like, there's not that many Game Seven buzzer beaters. In NBA history, uh, you know, there's series enders, obviously, that which we saw with Dame, and we've seen a lot in the, you know, back in the '90s. But I don't know if there's. I should probably, if I wasn't watching Game of Thrones, I would have, you know, hit hit the hit the uh, the uh, basketball reference and and done done a little research here. But I don't know if there's ever been a game seven buzzer beater to win <laughs> like yeah that's fucking absurd yeah um, it was just really dramatic i mean my yeah. my immediate thought was just like wow i wonder what this means long term like this it, that right. just seemed like and then you, that's exactly where your mind jumps it's immediately. like wow it's that like, was a that was a moment like that like if Kawhi is gonna stay in toronto it's gonna require something dramatic yeah um, like the it, uh the the gm like like the gm of toronto and his assistants for their free agent meeting with Kawhi. like they begin by compiling video footage that and it begins with that moment right yeah like, yeah like literally if you showed him like he's a robot and all but he's also like he is a human with emotions and like if you sat him down and showed him like a highlight reel like a compiled like you know three minute or four or five minute montage of like local fans like reacting and like crying like like you know after watching that moment like i don't know like i mean he means you know, uh, on top of everything else, you think of Toronto and like, all right, so and I guess I haven't actually said this yet, but I'm actually uh, like sincerely happy for Toronto. Like I'm not, I told you I wasn't like, you know, super invested in Philly winning. It would have been cool because I live here, yada, yada. Um, but, and I don't like love Toronto. I've never been like hardcore, like, you know, rooting for them, but I'm like fucking happy for them. They deserve oh, to yeah. oh, like yeah. have this. Um uh, I'm happy for those fans. Like, it's pretty awesome. And I'm also kind of happy for Kawhi. Like, 
after last year, I don't know, I've like I think I'm kind of I was always kind of on his side through that whole f- even though he uh, you know didn't handle it great and it was kind of a fiasco but like the dude was just like trying to like get healthy and wanted to handle his body the way he wanted to handle it and it seemed like I don't know like everyone's like oh the Spurs are the perfect organization they never do any wrong and it's like well I don't know maybe they did yeah um, I feel like after after we talk about each one of these uh, series that just wrapped up we can talk about the the Eastern Conference Finals and the Western Conference Finals you know on a more in depth level but I mm-hmm. I will say just. I'm happy for Toronto, I'm happy for Kawhi, and then I'm happy for us as NBA fans because I feel like in the Eastern Conference Finals, we have two alpha dogs squaring off. And Yeah, they, I mean, Kawhi they, versus Giannis is Kawhi be... versus Giannis is like a very mirror image thing. It's just like a very fun thing that's happening. They both kind of like... It's going to be a fucking awesome series, I think. Stylistically, they kind of resemble each other, like the way they kind of are that team you know like the team operates they are the sun in the solar system of their respective teams and right um it's going to be really fun we can discuss that matchup after we break down the other series but yeah yeah i'm, I'm super happy for toronto i'm happy for yeah. Kawhi. they deserve that city deserves really good things to happen the team has had yeah. so much heartbreak over the course of the last five six years losing to lebron every you know every time out yeah so um we're we're happy for the raptors I feel like after we go through each one of these series, I'm curious, you know, we'll talk about the Raptors and, and then them squaring off the Bucks. But before we totally move on, can give me a quick thought or two on Philadelphia moving forward. Like, what do we, what do we think happens next with the Sixers? Um, what needs to happen? Like, how do you kind of assess the situation? Anything you would say based on what happened in these playoffs, this is what I might like think about in the off season. Well, it's, it's so fucking tough because you look at them and you're like, your roster's broken. Mm-hmm. Your fucking whole team makeup is completely uh, wrong. Um, but you're still really good, um, yeah. and you shouldn't try to, you know, obviously, like, we're not going to, like, scrap things and start over here. Like, you're really good. You just got to tweak a few things. I also just feel um, like so much of their roster is dependent upon growth, right? You know what I mean? Right. Like, their floor and their ceiling, there's such variance in, like, the future of this team. You know what I mean? If Ben Simmons comes back next season and, like, has the ability to shoot threes, you know, at like even 30% or, you yeah. know, like has a mid-range jumper, that kind of changes everything, right? Or yeah, if I told you drastically change if things. I told you, in, I don't think it's going to happen, but no. it could, if it does, it could but if, completely... But if, if they start making progress in that direction, or if I told you, hey, guess what? Next year, Embiid's going to play 82 games. Or, mm, yeah, you also know not going to happen. <laughs> Probably not going to happen. Like, it's fucking better not. Like, they better have learned from this fucking season. And, right. and literally, if he plays... They need like Philadelphia needs to go back and like watch the exact and like and like read the exact game log of Kawhi Leonard that uh, from this Toronto season and just do that same thing with Embiid like for fuck's sake like just let him take a third game off like let him you know like do whatever he needs to do um, to be you know like as healthy as Kawhi was in the series Embiid was not and um, yeah that's obviously a major thing. The other big major thing is, um, you know, is, I, I feel like I, I guess it's technically possible that they could keep both Jimmy and uh, Tobias, um, but it seems sort of unlikely. I don't know the exact, um, you know, specifics of their, um, you know, their, their cap situation. 
but I feel like it's going to be pretty tricky um, and they're going to have to sacrifice a lot if they want to keep both of those guys. And then you think like, okay, well, which one's more valuable? You, th- you, you look at uh, Tobias as being five years younger um, without, you know, the sort of injury risks and, and all the, you know, aging question marks and all that stuff that, that Jimmy has and the mileage he has. But then you look at this playoffs and you're like, oh, actually, if you get to a game seven of an Eastern Conference semifinals or an Eastern Conference finals, Jimmy's the guy you need on your team, not Tobias. Like Tobias was good, but he's not like going to be that guy in the fourth quarter of a yeah. game seven. He's just not. Yep. Um, well, so it's the like thing that I feel a little nervous about. So they do have, I believe they do have the cap space to sign both guys to right. you know, ma- basically maximum level extension. And they, and they will have to max them because right. I mean, Tobias is going to get a max from somewhere else. Right. Right. If, if they don't max, I him. just would be a little nervous about like them, obviously like boxing themselves in. So you that's know, the thing. I think you know, I think if they max those guys, like they're just like, going to run it back with okay. basically the same roster so they had this year. The, that's the roster for the next yeah. four you're years. Not, you're, you so know? you're not going to get a starting caliber point guard. You're right. not going to have a real bench. Right. You're not going to have a, a capable backup right. to Joel Embiid when he plays 60 games, which you should do. Right. So it could be, you know, that could be terrible. That could just mean basically making to the first or second round of the playoffs every year and getting ousted. Or, you know, who knows? Maybe in two years, we're talking about how Ben Simmons developed a a jump shot. Or in two years, maybe we're talking about how Embiid, his conditioning has improved. He's taking better care of his body. Like, there's such variance with with the Sixers and that roster. It's uh, it's a wait-and-see thing. I'm very curious to see what happens. Obviously, there's been a lot of speculation I've heard about like Brett Brown's. Yeah, job that's security. what I was. I was, was going to say. I do, I do hope they just fucking give him another crack. I do too. You know what? Like, I mean, like his team else? was so crazy. The season was so fucking crazy. Yeah, he kept them together. He kept the he kept the you know the team from completely falling apart. Um, I agree. I mean, and also, like, you know, he got to Game Seven. You know, the last shot of the series against you know what a lot of people thought was going to be the absolute best team of of the Eastern Conference this season in the Raptors, and they might be. I actually you know? think he's kind of underrated as a coach. Yeah, um, maybe. I think he. Yeah, man. I think he's kind of underrated there in baseball terms. I remember during the '90s, Joe Torre, the manager of the Yankees, got a lot of like flack. And people, I remember on like sports radio, they used to say like his greatest attribute was like, oh, well, he's really good at managing personalities, but he's not, you know, he's he's not like a tactician. He's not like a great tactician. He's just like good at managing personalities. And people like meant that as like a, a slight, the same way when people talk about like, in NFL terms, they talk about a quarterback as like a game manager. You know what right, I mean? He's right. like, oh, he's it's not really good. Underhanded he, compliment. Yeah, yeah, he just protects the ball. You know, it's like, well, that is actually kind of a skill. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I do feel like Brett Brown, you know, like forever, for whatever his shortcomings are in terms of like game management, like he really managed to massage that roster and keep those guys together. Like, there should have been probably more infighting than there actually was. Like, yeah, I mean, like, do you remember when like that whole article about like Jimmy like getting oh angry God. and like swearing during yeah. like a fucking video yes. session, and yes. it was like, oh man, this is it. He's gonna, you know, Jimmy's doing it again. They're gonna right. fucking implode from the you know inside out. And, right. and then it was like, oh no, actually, like, they're okay. Turns out they just Brett have a Brown, wacky fucking turns roster. Out Brett but Brown's like really great and like really yeah, cool and, about like, it. And, a like, fucking professional. Yeah, Brett who, Brown like, like fell on a sword and was like, nope. Jimmy's great. He's an awesome teammate. We love him. Yeah. No, there's yeah. no problem here. 
Yeah. So I don't know. I'm pro Brett Brown, pro uh, the Sixers, giving uh, Brett another another yeah. season to. Uh, you know, I mean, other, like other smarter people on other podcasts have said this, but it's like, who else are you going to get to coach this roster yeah. and do a better job? Right. Like there aren't that many <laughs> good coaches just sitting around waiting for jobs. Yes. Um, and you know, Brett Brown's been there. Yes. He's like he. I don't know. Like he'll he'll improve too as he, you know, uh, uh, progresses in his career. It's just like I don't know. <laughs> Let them grow together. Um, yeah. Ben, let's talk about game seven in the Western Conference. We had the Blazers <sighs> and the Nuggets. So this was the first game. Great game. Okay. Great yeah. fucking game. Yeah. Like another awesome game. It didn't come down to a final shot, but it, I mean, I was watching mm-hmm. it until the last second and it could have. Thoughts, impressions, um, big picture stuff, anything just overarching about the game that you, you know, you walk away from the game. You're like, wow, this is my big takeaway. I mean, we said it uh, on a text thread with our good friends, mm-hmm. um, Lucas and, and Matt. Um, CJ McCollum yeah. is probably the best nerd um, yeah. <laughs> uh, at, at basketball yeah. that, I've ever, that I've ever seen. Yeah. And you made a, a really, really apt comparison, if you'd like to share that with our listeners. Um, yeah. I mean, so uh, we feel like CJ is basically the Steve Urkel alter, alter ego uh, Stefan Urkel. Yes. <laughs> Steve who? You. No, 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 no. There is no Steve here. I'm Stefan, sweet thing. Stefan Arkells. If you if you watch if you watch tonight's performance by CJ and then you go back and you watch some old episodes where Stefan made made his appearances, I mean they're practically indistinguishable. That's right. Um, the smoothness, the coolness under pressure, mm-hmm. uh, the kind of suaveness I would say is yes. the word I'm looking for. Suave. Yes. Suave. Um, yeah. I mean, I in my mind he will forever now be Stefan McCollum. Um, <laughs> Like that's just like you know that's just who who he is now. That's who uh, he is. Frankly, yeah. and um, yeah, I mean, what the fuck? Like the guy, <laughs> like you know, he just became Michael Jordan, or I don't know. Like uh, he, 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 we talked about him, you know, the, a couple episodes ago or last episode maybe. You know, when Dame is having his struggles, which he's kind of had all series long, CJ would just be there and he would just step up and make the fucking shots and. They didn't, you know, they weren't even, like, I don't even know how he made them because no one else on the team was really doing anything. Um, you know, Rodney Hood, I think, went down with an injury, right, um, earlier in the game. And so that, like, he was, like, their third scoring option. Um, and Lillard was pretty much silent. He, you know, had a couple of shots. He had, um, I guess he had, what did he, didn't he do have, like, a big steal? Yes. Maybe I'm thinking of. Um, That's right. Yeah, at one point. See, so he stole the ball, kicked it out, got it back in the corner, and drained a three. Turner gets into the paint, puts up the jumper, shot rolls around, and misses. Jokic the rebound. Outlet stolen by Lillard. Lillard throws it back out. Lillard, corner three, puts it in. Damian Lillard from downtown. Right, right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where he was, where, where he, like, curled around, did, like, the Steph Curry impression where he, like, passed it, ran to the corner and caught it and, and made a three. Um, yeah, so, but other than that, like, he had a pretty bad game, and CJ just fucking <laughs> just carried him. 
Lillard goes right at Jokic. Layup blocked by Jokic and the rebound. Throws it ahead. Murray. Murray down the court. Shot blocked. Oh, McCollum with a block. Like he just, you know, he just made every, it seemed like he made every single big shot. You know, Denver played great. I, you know, they were right there. Um, They, they just couldn't make their threes. And like, that's the thing with this team all year. They were just a a ball movement. They were, they're kind of like a a golden state light where their whole game is kind of built on this like ball movement, three point shooting. And if their threes aren't falling, like there's not that much else they have to turn to. Yep. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's it's got to be a boon, you know, for for Lillard and for Portland ownership, the fans, like just seeing CJ carry the team on his back, knowing that Lillard can have a bad game, can have a bad yeah. series, and yeah. McCollum was able to like lead the team. It was pretty cool that he could like handle the pressure and handle the spotlight in the big moment. pretty crazy yeah i mean for a young you know for a younger guy um and you know i feel like he would he's always kind of like done this but like in small in like much smaller doses and in smaller moments obviously and hadn't done it in the playoffs uh clearly you know with their them being swept in the first round last year um and so it kind of felt like it was a little bit of a coming out party for him uh, i mean obviously everyone's been talking about Jokic this whole series um and he's incredible he still had a, a great game yeah, I mean, Jokic had fucking 29 points on uh, uh, 13 rebounds, um, four blocks. Nikola Jokic had four blocks yep. tonight. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, he played 41 minutes. He was, you know, he's the complete, you know, engine of that entire team. Um, and uh, yeah, I think he deserves all the credit. I mean, I, my heart is is more broken for Denver losing tonight uh, than than for Philadelphia. I love this Denver team. I, I love Jokic. The only solace is that they're not going anywhere. Like yeah. this team is awesome. They're going to be awesome. I think for a really long time, as long as Jokic, Murray, and Harris uh, stay together, I really feel like they're all going to just keep improving. Um, and uh, so I'm not like I'm I'm heartbroken because you know that all I want is just more Nikola Jokic in my life. I want more. Uh, just more of him. I want more games that he plays. I want more post-game press conferences that he gives. I want more interactions with microphones. Mm-hmm. I want all of it. I want the, you know. I think the good news for Jokic fans is like the future is coming. Like it's, it's The future just, is definitely coming. Everything. Everyone is now aware of him. Yeah. <laughs> which every, is good. Like everything is in front of that guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I yeah. am not concerned about the fate and the future of the Nuggets. It just seems like, you know, yeah, yeah, big things are coming for them. I mean, you know, you can't have it all in, in your very first playoff run. Um, so, you know, I, I, I got, I feel like I, I got greedy and I was like, man, I want to see this guy play the fucking yeah, Warriors. Sure. I want to, you know, who knows uh, if Durant's not healthy, like anything could happen. Yep. You know, I was having some fantasies uh, perhaps about sure. a, a Nicole Jokic finals appearance, but you know what? Hey, it's gonna You know, like we got, we got time in front of us. Um, but you know, I am. I'm. I'm very happy for Portland. I. You know. I mean, we've talked about this guy uh, again previously. But uh, the the guy that I'm really weirdly happy for, which who I really didn't expect to be kind of like oh, wow, sentimentally yeah. attached to, Cantor. Ennis Cantor. <laughs> yep. 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 Tell me, Ennis Cantor. I don't like. There's something. Um, there's just something very sympathetic about this guy. Um, 
Well, and I don't even mean... On, let's hit on the different areas of, like, sympathy, reasons we love Okay, him. so he's been a punchline mm-hmm. in um, more than one uh, of his previous stops in the NBA. Yes. You know, obviously, uh, on the Knicks, um, he wore it as welcome quickly. Uh, the New York fans, uh, you know, just pretty much discarded him, um, despite his professed love for the city and the fan base. Um, he just kind of became annoying. I'm not, it's, it, I mean, there's a million little things that he did, um, that you can point to. It was nothing egregious though. It was nothing like he didn't do anything bad. He didn't like have like a fucking sexual assault case against him or anything. He was just kind of like a doofus, yes. uh, who was like, he was a kind of corny. He was a bored doofus basically. Yeah. The he team, was a bored doofus. Like the team was awful. The team was losing. And guess he what? Yeah. Win. Guess what? Yeah. People like kind of like pointed their finger at him, but like he was on a shitty team and, also and wasn't getting playing benched. time. Yeah, he yeah. came into the year and he, he was like, "My objectives are to make the All Star team and be in the playoffs." And yeah. then they were. And by the way, through the first ten games, like he he was a borderline All Star. And then when he when he played, totally. he would he would fucking beast out. And yeah, Fisdale was like, "Yeah, we're gonna put you on the bench because we're trying to develop our youngsters and yeah, which Robinson. was the right decision. Yeah, totally, but totally, totally. Kind of dicked him around, and, and then he they you know, didn't cut him. handle it totally well. He was like pissed that's true and, and was you know cranky and whatever yeah he, he i mean you know he's he's very open and vocal and, but he's and also that's a professional athlete like he's just like he just wants to compete he wants to play basketball right. you know so. so so he got his chance yep. um oh and then sorry the the other uh place where he was kind of a punchline was okc where you know he famously the can't play canter um you know when when he all of his kind of defensive limitations i guess were exposed um in the playoffs um, and so I, I don't know, like, even though he, he, like when he was on the Knicks, I, I was one of those like kind of annoyed, like, uh, oh, please don't bring this guy back. Oh, please. Like don't play him. Like when they benched him for Mitchell Robinson, I was like, thank fucking God. Like, um, about time. Um, but I, there's just something about him where his kind of like, uh, like uh, just exuberant, like, ch- like boyish, like, um, like kind of like corny, but, but sort of like endearing, uh, like humor and and just kind of like he just like loves being in the spotlight and he's just yeah. like a big dumb dog. He's like a big dumb puppy dog. Um, <laughs> yeah. What would and be the, what would be the breed of dog that we would say can? Oh, he's like good a, question. Is he like a Saint Bernard? Like all right, wait. Just like big Before, floppy ears. Like when he like shakes out his slobber goes everywhere. Yeah, you know what I mean. Saint Bernard might be. That's a pretty good one. Yeah, like a like a wet Saint Bernard. Yeah, like a wet Saint Bernard who. <laughs> Wet Saint Bernard with like off. a fucking yeah. separated shoulder right. and like a thigh contusion. Right. It's like, oh man, his slobber always goes everywhere. But God, we love Cantor. Like, let's let's give him a rub on his belly. Yeah. And another really important thing. Um. So I have like a, a weird thing where I I like. I, I mean, obviously, you know that hair is very important to me. Sure. Um, yep. Let's do uh, this. as a basketball let's fan. Have this conversation right now. His. It's not. He's mm-hmm. so he's he's got like what looks like a perfect um you know straight hairline uh with like you know kind of a fade um with a, with like a thick top but there's it's I don't know if he does this intentionally or if it's just natural but you know what I'm talking about the little part the little part that he has in his like otherwise like perfectly like straight kind of like uh like like bristly hair um and i don't like if he if that's an intentional part he must like take two combs and like squeeze them against his head like his scalp like so hard and then like slowly like like rake them across his his scalp in order to make that part happen because the rest of his hair is like so 
I don't know. Like, it just doesn't seem like it should do that. Um, it, maybe it's natural. But for some reason, it's it's really dorky looking. But it makes me just kind of sympathize with him. And it makes me think, like, oh, like, I hope this, like, I don't know. I hope he's okay. Like, I, I just kind of, like, uh, it's almost like when you see a kid at school who's, like, kind of a dork. And you're like, oh, I don't want to be mean to him. Like, I yes. I hope, like, he doesn't get bullied. Like, like I just want him to be. probably enough difficulty as is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm being, like, a little too harsh on him. I'm sure. He, I mean, obviously, we haven't even touched on, like, his actual, like, the, the fucking hardship of his, you know, political life. No, no, and, no. no. Uh, we'll, we'll get there. Let's stick, all that. Let's stick I mean, I'll, I don't even want to get into all that. No, that's, you know, I, that's, that's well-worn. Let me chime in here. And 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 I feel like you will have more to say on this than I will. Um, uh-huh. But can we talk for a second about his beard? I feel like the beard is also a part oh, of wow. the hair conversation. Yeah. I feel like of the course. beard, his beard really complements like his smile, like his facial structure and stuff. Like he has a really, mm-hmm. he's a happy, fun-loving guy. He loves to smile. And I feel like his beard is basically like a wonderful little like hair frame for his smile. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And at one yeah. point he had a very pronounced mustache when he was on the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder. For a while he was just going straight mustache. He's filled it out with a beard, and I do feel like the beard and the hair combo is you know is is like a one. It's just one hair piece. Um, you know, it all connects mm-hmm. <laughs> from the scalp down to the chin and around the mouth. Um, With a very, very thin line connecting the mustache to the beard. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a great beard. I'm happy he has it. He's got a wonderful head of hair. Uh, you mentioned the part. It is a little bit dorky, but I feel like it. It's uh, it's it's like a part of a greater Ennis Cantor conversation that mm-hmm. needs to be had. I don't know. I'm rooting for the guy rooting now. The guy. Like I, I feel like I, I've just completely kind of changed my tune on him. Yeah, and, and also, I mean, we talked about it last, um, last episode. Just like the fact that his body is like completely falling apart, and he's playing with a separated shoulder. And yeah, um, I mean, he like, legit is a fucking warrior. Like, yes. I mean, you you realize like, oh, he's not just kind of a goofball who eats like too many hamburgers sometimes. And I he's, think actually, he played he played thirty nine fucking minutes tonight. That's the thing, um, though. Like, that's the thing we're not saying is like, in spite of all of his goofiness, in spite of his yeah. nerdy hair, in spite of his you know like you know wonderful beard. Um, the reason we really love this guy is because he plays his heart out. Like he leaves everything on the court and it probably has something to do with like the fact that he is living a life. Like he's like a fugitive. He's like a political fugitive. Like his life is like, like his life is on the line. Like he can't travel. He can't leave the United States. And so he just like balls out. He plays his, his, his heart out. And it's very, you you realize like when you watch him, you're like, Oh, this this is just a game. Like, like this his, is it for the guy. he has other shit going on in his life that's like actually more important. Yes. Um, yeah. And yeah, which which is also incredible that he's not just like a dour, like depressed, angry fuck all the time. Like, like somehow he like uses that hardship and then channels it into this like totally like boyish like ebullience that you don't find in like most like normal dudes who have like pretty simple, yeah. you know, carefree lives. It's, it's interesting. It's pretty remarkable. Yeah. I mean, the guy is like extremely boyish and like, you know, keeps it light and fun, but he also has like a keen awareness. I feel like of like these bigger, more serious things happening in the world. And I don't know if you saw this on social media this week, but obviously there was, 
this tragic, you know, shooting in, in, in Denver at a school. And he, you know, posted on his Twitter account like that he was, you know, he said like, you know, I'm keeping everyone in Denver and my thoughts and prayers. Like this is a tragedy that's happened at this school and, you know, nuggets and blazers. We all stand together, like, you know, in, in the wake of this tragic thing that happened. It's yeah. like, yeah, this guy's pretty great. You know, he's a pretty yeah. good guy. Yeah, I mean, seriously, there's so many uh, actual pricks in the world. Like, He's don't be one. angry at Ennis yeah. Cantor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thank, thank you. All right. All right, let's move on. Um, <laughs> We've got that covered. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, Nuggets going forward. Um, thoughts on their offseason, things you'd like to see them add, subtract. Um, don't change a thing. Don't change a thing. I, I Just mean, keep growing, you know, keep feeding, yeah. like, keep making Jokic the, the centerpiece of the offense. Feed him the Obviously. ball more. Jamal Murray is going to get better, more consistent. Yeah. He's just I mean, going to grow and learn from. I guess Millsap is right? the big. Yeah, Millsap's the big question mark. Right. He's got. Does he have? Is it a player option or a team? I, I think it's, it's a team a player option. Op- oh, is it a player option? I thought it was a. Pl- I thought it was like a crazy. It's like thirty million. Thirty million dollar yeah. option. I'm not sure. If it's but guess what? Team. That dude is super valuable. Yes. Like. Yeah. I mean. You know, Agreed. I don't think they're going to be, you know, trying to hunt any like major free agents. So like, if you could keep bring him back for one more year, I think he's super critical to the team. Yep. Obviously, an awesome teammate, fucking great dude. Yep. Um, plays his heart out. Yep. Yeah, love Millsap. Um, yeah, I mean, I just think that that team. I think Jamal Murray and Gary Harris are both going to be getting better. Uh, Monty Morris, obviously, you and I, you know, it's no secret how we feel about it. Monty. Monty. Tory Craig. Um, like Tory. Face mask. Just fucking bring them all. Like keep the exact same roster. Just yeah. run it back. Yeah, like I agree. They're they're the best. They're one they're of the awesome. rare teams. I feel like eh, I actually don't know that I want to see them change anything. I'd like to actually no. see them like keep everyone together and just have them grow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right, Ben. Let's talk now about uh, the two other series. So we have the Warriors and Rockets that ended the other night, and then Bucks Celtics. Both uh, series ended in. Well, Warriors Rockets ended in six. Bucks Celtics yeah. ended in five. A lean, a quick five. Jeez. Yeah. So let's start with Warriors. A, a fiver. Yeah, let's start with Warriors and Rockets. Um, thoughts, impressions from Game Six. Any big picture stuff? Big observations. Man. I mean, I just feel like there's there's a little like there's a part of me that's worried about the the narratives that are developing. That are that are just going to be completely overtaking this James Harden se- season because it happens every season, and I guess it eventually is his fault. I don't really know how much more the dude can do. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Like you know, the Warriors lose Durant, and it and it doesn't seem to matter at all, um, which is pretty terrifying. Um, I guess. Yeah, but I don't like, know that that's James Harden's fault. No, and I don't think that he played and badly. I, I don't not, think that he I'm, disappeared. I'm really I think not that he... a big. I'm not the biggest James Harden fan, admittedly, but I don't look back on Durant going down and the Warriors winning that series as an indictment of James Harden. I mean, you've got to be a pretty like highly motivated Harden hater, I think, yeah. to feel that way, I agree. or just like kind of. Ignorant. Like if you watch um, the game, it's pr- it's like no, he had a great game. He had a great game. Yeah. This is not this is not about he, James. He Harden. did he He's just did what he him. did, and I mean maybe he didn't like dramatically increase his production from the regular season, but it's like you know he 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 read the defense that he was given, and he kind of like made the plays, and 
I don't know. Like, I, I don't really buy the whole like disappearing act in the fourth quarter of Game Five because um, Houston actually their offense was humming and he was making the right plays and they shot like eight of eleven or eight of ten, I think, to end that game. And the reason they lost is because they couldn't get stops on the other end and Steph Curry went crazy. Yeah. And then Steph Curry went crazy again in Game Six. Yeah. And it's like at a certain point, like you can't really stop a historically fucking you know agreed. incredible agreed you know the greatest shooter of all time and maybe possibly i don't know maybe, maybe instead of talking about what harden didn't do and what houston didn't do we should talk about what golden state did i feel like jesus christ yeah yeah good i call. mean one one of the things i feel like that will get lost like you said uh you know like like narratives getting lost i think one of the narratives that may get lost in this game six um, like big picture, like retrospective is the fact that Clay Thompson carried the Warriors in the first half. Like, yeah, you know, like Steph was scoreless. So Steph was 0 for 6 through so two quarters. So Steph Curry doesn't score points. Kevin Durant's not playing. Right. And they ha- they're tied at halftime. Right. And, and with like the, the best team the in the West. The reason that possibly. is. Among other reason, among other reasons, is Clay Thompson's first half. Yeah, um, and I and I think actually that's probably been the story more often than we realize. Like it's like history. I feel like Clay is kind of the guy. Clay and Draymond will be the guys that kind of get swept under the carpet um, mm-hmm. when we look back on these teams, much in the way that maybe Chris Chris Bosh and Wade were swept under the carpet a little bit with the Miami Heat teams. Mm-hmm, but, mm-hmm. Um, you know, Clay Thompson kept that team afloat during game six. And, yeah. you know, the Warriors got huge contributions again from guys like Andre Iguodala, Sean Livingston. I mean, there were there was a moment I remember of Livingston diving on the floor for a loose ball steal. He comes up with a, a key timeout at one point during the fourth quarter. Um, Iguodala, like, hitting, hitting just big three after big three making defensive stops. Iguodala made, I think he made what, like five threes, Something uh, like which that. is yeah. the, like, I think it was like the most threes that he's made in a game since like 2013. Right. And um, so like, we're just supposed to roll with that. Like, it's not like an unusual <laughs> yeah. thing. It's like actually pretty incredible. It's like at a certain point, like, okay, they're one of the greatest dynasties of all time. Like, yeah. I don't know exactly what you do to, for that. Like, what do you, I don't know. Right. And like, you what just, is, you just sort of like get used to magical things happening. A little bit. Yeah. You're like, oh, right. Yeah. These are the sort of breaks that this team is always just going to get, you know? Yeah. I mean, breaks and also just like, like magical they things are happening. incredible. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. there's they're a reason like, why they get all the breaks is because they're so fucking good. And the fact that they can lose their, like, I mean, at least for this playoffs, their best and most important player. And then just have like Iguodala a historically in, incredible five for eight from three for 17 points, you know, yeah. it's like, okay, great. So we're just going to roll with that. And like in many ways, like, oh, this is actually better for us because our offense flows better <laughs> right. and the ball moves right. better right. without Durant. Right. Um, so actually this yeah. is fine. This is yeah. totally cool. Kayvon uh, Looney's, we're going to roll with this Looney's and just, just going to give us 14 points off the bench. Cool. 14 points in 20 minutes. Cool. We'll just roll with that. Yeah. No biggie. No biggie. Um, we'll expect it. Yeah. It'll be fun to watch Stefan and Lily. Lillard uh, square off, you know, in the next round. Um, I don't think Portland has a shot in hell, um, obviously. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it's, I guess it, I guess let's talk a little bit if we can. I mean, we don't have to go too far in depth, but like, shout out Steph Curry. Like, I know that we had a, a podcast uh, probably about a year ago, uh, maybe even like to this day, 
where we um, just kind of like we're shitting on the Warriors and like how boring it is to watch them win again. And we did like a little session where we just like fucking ragged on Steph Curry and, you know, what a little annoying whiny baby he is um, and like made fun of his uh, like mouthpiece uh, that he chewed like a uh, like a baby's pacifier. And um, while I still, you know, I don't I stand by those comments. You've come I don't full dis- circle now. I don't disown them. Um, but man, like, I don't know, maybe I'm just evolving as a basketball fan or as an appreciator of the sport. Two things have happened. One, uh, look, we're both evolving as people and as fans. Sure. Two, you owned Steph Curry in fantasy basketball this past year. I know, like, I'm not an idiot. I I know you well enough. Um, you owned Steph. I almost just came out and and admitted that, but then I was like, I don't have to make it about a fantasy. I'll play therapist here and reflect a little bit. So you own Steph Curry in fantasy basketball this year. It's true. It's true. And yeah, um, and he helped me win a championship. That's that's absolutely true. You probably weren't wild about selecting him when you selected him, but he was on no, the board. No, actually, he was on during the, the draft mm-hmm. when he fell to me at pick 11, which is fucking insane, insane. I said, um, oh, I love to draft players that I hate. I believe that's literally what I wrote in the comment Great. section of our, uh, you know, uh, of our so draft. So you were um, forced to learn how to love him and appreciate him. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, thank thank you once again to Fantasy Basketball for making me a better basketball fan and actually, like, opening my eyes to the fucking brilliance of this guy and not just being like, oh, Steph Curry's a bitch. He always disappears in the playoffs because that's not true. He's incredible. He's one of the fucking top 10, 20 greatest players of all time. And, I mean, like, yeah, he just showed it. I mean... I don't know. Like, I know we're all living in the moment and stuff, and he just dropped 33 in one half of basketball uh, to uh, close out a series. So, you know, obviously we're all pretty high on him right now. But, yeah, he's really good. Yeah. Um, Dude, And I I feel like... Yeah, go ahead. No, sorry. You go. No, I was just going to say, like, looking back on this game, I will say it was cool to see the Warriors as a fallible team again. Meaning, Mm -hmm. like, it was cool to see them not just... Uh, to, it was cool to see them as like a very good team or a great team, but not a right, but not just like boringly invincible, not a historically great team. So it right. was cool to see Steph, Clay, and Draymond work their asses off and right, play like pull one their, out, yeah, play to their highest capabilities as opposed to just sort of like relying on like, hey, if we get a B plus game from Durant and a B game from Curry. And a B game from, you know, Draymond, that'll probably be good enough to beat anybody. Right. I think the reason why we got so fucking sick of them, especially last season, yes. is because um, we would watch these playoff games where they it's would like, just dick around yeah, in the first half. Game. And then they would come out and yeah. their big thing was that they would have these like crazy third quarters. Yeah. So they would like literally just like fart around and like throw the ball around and turn it over and like throw up like weird shots and stuff. And then they would like get it together in the third quarter and just pull it out. What made at, the like Warriors, at the last second. What, and it was just like, yeah. fuck you. What like, that's made not, the Warriors that's... exciting was when we saw like Clay Thompson go off for like 60 plus points in that game against the Thunder a couple years ago in the playoffs. Or like knowing that, uh, you know, that Steph could just be invincible and, you know, score a God number, you know, like insane number of points in, in a quarter or seeing Draymond like hustle his ass off. But what became like just, you know, not fun to watch was like, 
Yeah, like a C-plus effort from Durant or like a C-plus effort from Thompson. It's like, yeah, well, it doesn't matter that he's a C-plus tonight because the other guy is an A and this guy over here is a B-minus and that's like good enough to beat their competition. And it was cool to see, you know, Clay, Steph, and Draymond um, play to their highest, like, capabilities, you know, and... um, it was just fun to have that like throwback kind of moment and uh, to know yeah, that they I, could still do it. Yeah, I really can't wait uh, for KD not to be on this team next season. I mean, for for like as good as basketball it was in the eighteen nineteen season, like it's gonna be awesome uh, wherever the fuck he goes. I mean, obviously, you know, right. we have a, a, a preference, but uh, but like to 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 see like the last uh, game and a half from the Warriors for an entire season is gonna be really really fun again. Like. I, I feel yeah, like it'll man. just shut. I'm excited you know. to see. I'm excited to see Clay Thompson and Draymond Green like to remember that they're fucking incredible again. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and I, I don't know. I mean, it'll be interesting. Like, I'm you know, Draymond's getting older. He's not the guy he was in 2015 and 16. But like, great, he's still really good. I want to see. I want to see. I want to see Draymond age in like be. I want to see a, a an aging great player. I, yeah, I still want to yeah. see that. Yeah. Totally. Um, I'm excited. Yeah. Uh, all right. So let's talk for a second about the Rockets. And do we know, like, sorry, one last mm-hmm. thing. Do we know uh, Katie's coming back? Like, we're, are they saying, like, maybe, like, mid-series? Or he's got, like, do you know what the timeline is for that? I mean, I think I we're, think it was, like, seven to ten days we're wait- originally. Yeah. I mean, we're waiting. So uh, Durant had a severe, pretty severe calf strain. We're waiting to hear, I think, on the degree of the strain. I think it. Oh, do we not? Do we still not know? Uh, I think it's a little smoke and mirrors situation. Mm. You know what I mean? I right, think right, they're right. saying it's a grade one, which would be seven to ten days, but it could also right. actually be a grade two, which would be a couple of weeks. Right. Um, who knows? I think it probably depends, frankly, on how competitive the next series is i'm sure right. that in, a, in a perfect world situation golden state would like to keep durant on ice for as long as possible but uh, we'll see yeah, if that happens course. yeah um then so let's have a quick conversation going forward for the rockets about what happens yeah. next like what's their off season <laughs> look like they i mean they have to change something right I guess. I mean, they can't change Harden and Paul. Um, I don't. They, they just resigned Capella too, right? This. That's uh, right. Yeah, to an extent. They give him a contract. Yeah. Uh, so I guess they just have to like improve a little on the margins and like you know, uh, again, it seems kind of crazy to do it after the um, second straight, uh, you know, season of of. Uh, Losing to the Warriors, but uh, you know it's not going to be the same Warriors next season, uh, most likely. And again, I think it's a lot like, um, like um, what, was, what were we talking about? I guess we're t- Philly, uh, Philly, yeah, and Denver too. Well, not, I mean, it's not really uh, the right comparison, but I don't know. Yeah, in a way, it's sort of like you can't. You're you're too far in now to to change anything. Um, you, they were really close again. Yeah. Like I think, I mean, I'm definitely worried about Chris Paul. That's I mean, for they sure. Got in bed with Chris Paul for a long term. Yeah, and I, which was kind of like probably for this year. Like knowing like this was going right. to be their best shot. So there's like, 
I don't know. There's definitely a part of me that's pretty pessimistic, like, well, that might have been it. Um, I mean, Capella's young and improving, but I don't think he's going to develop into a radically different player. Chris Paul's and 34, clearly he... Chris Paul's 34 and beginning, I think, a five-year extension. Yeah, not great. Like, he wasn't... He was healthy this series, and, I mean, he had a great game six. Like, he plays... Yeah, that's true. You know, he's still, he's still good, but he's not as good as he used to be, and he's certainly not going to be getting any better. And so then, if they need you know more from him, uh, no man, he they're not going like, to get it. The occasional turn back the clock performance, right? But he's not. But he a just can't night do night that. Night. Yeah, yeah, he can't do that anymore all the time. Yeah. And um, yeah, I guess it's just like let's try to improve our bench, get a few more good you know wing defenders. <laughs> like uh, I don't know, Eric Gordon's still good. He had a great series, but he's also getting older. So kind of a I hot, don't know, man. Kind of a hot take here. I I floated yeah. this idea to you. Is there is there anything to the idea of replacing the head coach? Man, I don't know. Like I I I guess if you really think you need to shake something up, that's the only sort of like easy You can I mean you can't trade the players, right? So I, I right. feel like it's the old adage in sports. But like, it's also it's like Dan Tony is a fucking great like no, he's I an agree. awesome coach. Everyone loves him. Like he's clearly like he's clearly, he has the track to me, record. He's not the problem. He's at, I don't he, think like, he is. To me he's like an innovator. I think the problem is the fucking Golden State Warriors. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know, like, uh, and I don't think that that problem is necessarily like gonna get solved anytime soon. But I don't know. Like, I think they're kind of just like they they kind of made their choice already. So it's sort of silly to even speculate too much. It's just like, well, they're gonna just keep doing what they're doing. And you know what? Like, maybe it'll work. Maybe next year something happens, and who knows? Like, the Warriors are different, and or someone gets injured, or whatever. Like. I think there is, I mean, as Portland has, sh- has shown us clearly, yeah. like there's a lot of, uh, actually a lot of value in just being like, no, let's just try it again. We have a good thing. And like, let's try to stick yeah. together. Yeah. yeah. It reminds me, um, I know this will hit home a little bit. Like it reminds me of the nineties Knicks where mm. they are a really, really good team, but not quite good enough to vanquish their, you know, rival. And, right. um, maybe, maybe their approach is just like, wait them out. Maybe they maybe yeah. the approach is just like maybe Durant uh, leaves in free agency. Maybe Clay Thompson leaves in free agency. So maybe Durant and Curry will both retire like Michael Jordan in nineteen ninety three. Take up baseball. Yeah. yeah. Who knows? Um, all right, Ben. Let's, happens. let's flip over real quick to the Bucks and the Celtics. Um, mm. A little post saving the best for last. Yeah, a post mortem here. So this yeah. game. Uh, so game five closes. Uh, Bucks close out the Celtics. Um, couple overarching thoughts. I mean, Giannis looks just so focused, you know? I mean, he looks so focused. I'm happy for the guy. We are see, we're seeing like a, a superstar emerge before our eyes. I, you know, I love what like he represents. There's like a very, yeah. there's an old school ethos. There's like a no nonsense toughness about that guy blended with like everything we want. I feel like in a modern basketball player, um, there is, he, he does feel like kind of this like hybrid between like old school, hard nosed guy in a, in a, uh, new world NBA body. Yeah, man. I mean, like reflecting on game five, Milwaukee was just that arena. It was like a fucking block party. Um, the final minutes of that game, the crowd was chanting, 
singing songs. Pat Connaughton and George Hill were throwing down monster jams, you know, just <laughs> in a blowout victory. It felt like a pep rally. Yeah. So I'm happy for I mean, I'm if you're a Boston walking. fan, you know, you just, you hate to see that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I feel bad, you know, for, for all those, for all those people. Sure. Real, real real bad yeah you know let's just take a moment and yeah. feel terribly for uh those those just boss so bad those poor boston sports fans yeah yeah uh, yeah really bad we should just think about them right now i think i'm happy for milwaukee i'm happy for milwaukee i mean it's no, milwaukee's awesome no, obviously man, it's yeah, a city that like in my lifetime in our lifetime has never really had like a significant basketball team right I mean, you don't think Blue Edwards was a star? <laughs> I mean, like, I think back on, like, the Vin Baker years. I think back on the Glenn Robinson years. I think back on the yeah. Sam Cassell years. Um, but they've never really had a significant basketball moment. It's always been a football town, right? It's always been a Packer yeah, town. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And so it's cool to see the city, the fans, fall in love and celebrate, like, this Bucks team. Yeah, the Bucks are awesome. Um, they've got a great history, a great name, great a great logo, color scheme, great, great logo, yeah. great court. Um, yeah, it's a great city. I'm, I love them. Uh, obviously, I love Giannis. You know, when we like talk about the the Giannis versus Harden thing, um, you know, you, you don't want to be like too colored by by the uh, the recency of the of the series that you just series that you just watched, but. Um, but you know, when you think about like the greatness of Harden, you do I, you wonder if it's just like he, like Harden when he's like really good, just only has like so much impact in a way. I don't know. Maybe this is bullshit. Like I mean, he obviously had a huge no. impact. He was their talk entire about, offense. No, but it, but it's yeah, like, yeah. you know, in the playoffs again, when like when shit is just really really hard and everything's harder and everything and like threes just don't fall. Like um, I, I I don't know the exact numbers, but I believe the the you know uh sort of playoff uh all teams combined three point percentage has dropped like five or six points from the regular season you know the, the league average in the regular season it's like threes just don't fall as much um as as frequently in, in the playoffs like i don't know if it happens every year but it certainly happened this year and it seems like yeah with like the pressure and when the stakes are the highest it's like guys just don't you know they don't shoot with the same you know kind of fluid carefreeness and uh and because of that, um, you know, a guy whose entire kind of game is built on that is just not going to, he's not going to have the, the same kind of reliable consistency as yeah. someone like Giannis, who's just like this, this like motor who just doesn't God. stop and he can't really be stopped by anything. This like, is so painful for me to listen to because as fans of the show know, you are firmly in the Harden for MVP camp. I was, and, and the reason no, you is are. because you are, yeah, you remain firmly am. in that camp. Yeah, um, fuck yeah, I'm not going to change my vote based on these playoffs. Like, I think he deserves MVP for the 2018-19 season. You've made that point for some time now, and yeah. it's devastating for me to hear you talk like this. But I will say this in support of of what you're saying. Like, I feel like if you boil down the best thing that james harden does and you boil down the best thing that Giannis does like their their strongest their greatest attributes for me uh i would say james harden's greatest attribute is his ability to score in a variety of ways right like he's his ability to score from behind the three-point line to drive to the basket to draw fouls to make baskets through contact and i would say Giannis is so i that's Harden's greatest attribute. I would say Giannis's greatest attribute 
is his ability to play two ways. And I think that Giannis's defensive talents and uh, his ability to cover multiple positions when the game slows down in the playoffs has a a greater effect than Harden's um, ability to shot make because, frankly, it becomes well, harder to make shots, right? Right. And what Giannis does is very importantly independent of two things. It's independent of three-point shooting right. uh, efficiency, mm-hmm. and it's independent of referees yep. calling fouls. Yep. So, like, and Harden's game is so dependent on those things um and and like obviously he's like the best in the league uh pretty much at at like Harden's you know, a hacker doing... right like so Harden yeah. Harden, and he... Harden figured out that basically uh certain types of contact will uh will be called fouls so he should start shooting in certain ways that will draw certain types of contact because he will always be going to the line Right. So we love and respect Harden for his ability to be a visionary. Well, we do. A lot of people yes. hate him for that, obviously. A lot of old, dumb, fucking medieval curmudgeons <laughs> think that he's cheating and ruining the game of basketball. Right. Whereas you and I, right. who are um, intelligent and uh, you know, clear we're seeing... We're progressive. Uh, f- we like the medieval thing, but we're also progressive. We oh, want to see dragons hey, fuck. Listen, um, I've... Wanna, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly, we started out this this episode talking about dragon fucking. Yeah, yeah. I've been to medieval times more than once. Um, (laughs) Not as a child, as an adult. adult. Um, Listen, you know, like yeah, you don't have to sell me on that. But um, but yeah, the point is that uh, that we uh, clearly and rightly see Harden as a genius, Um, as someone who you know saw the game in front of him and said, "How can I play this game the best way, given the skills and the tools that I have?" And the body that I have, and he did it. He maxed out. He literally like maxed everything out using his body and his brain. Um, but it just turns out that like, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's just because he played the Warriors, and it doesn't matter what you do. Um, but it also seems a little bit like you know when the playoffs uh, kind of take hold, uh, it's a slightly different game yes. that he hasn't hacked quite as well as he's hacked the the other game. You know. Yep. Uh, all right, Ben, let's wrap things up a little bit here. So we have plenty of time in the next couple of weeks. We're going to break down the Warriors and the Blazers and the Bucks and the Raptors at length. Um, just give me... I mean, we could go all night here. But I we mean, have, give yeah. <laughs> me one thing that you're looking forward to in Blazers, Warriors. Give me one thing that you're looking forward to in Bucks and Raptors. Um, Even if it, a matchup, a jersey... Uh, uh, well, my mind jumped to, I'm looking forward to Ennis Cantor yes. laying waste to the Golden State front line. And then I realized, like, no, they'll probably go, go small and play him off the court. And I'm, uh, honestly, I, I can't say that I predict great things for Cantor okay. in this upcoming series, uh, as much as I would hope. Um, Bucks, Raptors, but, anything there? Uh, yeah, I mean, Bucks, Raptors, obviously, it's, it's Giannis versus Kawhi. It's like what, uh, you know, I mean, there's lots of, you know, little sub smaller things, but like, Let's be honest. That's 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 the the marquee matchup. That's going to be awesome. Uh, I don't know if they'll ever ever actually be guarding each other. I doubt it. Probably not. But um, but at some point, you know, they're they're going to be you know squaring off. I, uh, 
I got my own marquee matchup, and yeah. uh, this is going to be a little bit of a hot take. I'm looking, Hit me. I am most looking forward to not Giannis and Kawhi. Okay. I'm looking forward to Budenholzer and Nurse. Give me that fucking Oompa Loompa versus that dorky Nurse. That's, wait, wait, wait. Yeah, we forgot to talk about Nick Nurse. That's the I want. Nick Nurse, uh, I believe it was between yes. the third and fourth quarter of tonight's game, so, game seven. Yeah. Um, the, the sideline reporter uh, interviewed. As he was interviewed yep, yep. on the sideline. And with your season on the line, Kawhi Leonard is the focal point of your offense. What are the situations you're trying to put him in? What are the shots you want him to seek? Well, I'd like to see some other guys get involved here, to be honest with you. And you know what else I'd like to do? What? I'd like to wish all the mothers happy Mother's Day. I'd like to wish all the mothers a happy Mother's Day. And you know what? Like all, all of our hearts just melted oh, for you, Nick. I can't I mean, wait. I can't you, wait. You had you had me at you know at at whatever at <laughs> what I want. It's yeah. It was it was a beautiful moment. Love Nick. Um, love, Nick. love his dorky glasses. Love Nick. Um, love Coach Bud. Uh, Oompa Loompa represent the Oompa. Like I just I feel like all the Oompa Loompa pride. Oompa Loompa army. Yes. Let's get out Show there. Up. Full force. Show up to Let us. Yeah. 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 Let's get out and, and rep our man, our leader. Um, yes. Yeah. Well, uh, Ben, we have a lot <laughs> to look forward to this week. We have. Uh, we're, we, Boy, you, do we. You and I are going to be doing a podcast on Tuesday for the NBA draft lottery. Fuck, that's right. We have just <laughs> we got a quick turnaround here, folks. We're going to have a quick, yeah. quick turnaround. So um, I will talk to you real soon. The NBA playoffs continue this week. Uh, BC, thanks for for taking a few minutes on the line here. And uh, I don't know, I'll talk to you on uh, on Tuesday night for sure. Yeah, I'll talk to you in about forty eight hours. <laughs> that's right. I'll get some sleep. I'll talk to you soon. All right, All right sounds good. Bye. All right, that was a conversation with Ben. My name's Chris Wendelkin. This is On The Line. You can tweet at me at OnTheLine underscore pod. Find me on Instagram. Check out previous episodes on our website, OnTheLinePodcast.com. Rate, review, subscribe to the show on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get podcasts. Enjoy watching the NBA playoffs. Wish the New York Knicks some luck in the NBA draft lottery. And I will talk to you guys next week or maybe in a couple of days. (laughs) 